This is our fourth session now on First Thessalonians 1, 2 through 7. We give thanks to God always for you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith, labor of love, steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. We know that you are among the elect. It's an amazing statement. God has chosen you for his own. How do we know that? Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. And I argued that that full conviction is Paul's and Timothy's and Silvanus's conviction first, because he says, you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. So Paul had this profound sense that as he was preaching, there was power and the Holy Spirit was at work and he himself was enabled to uh, rejoice in the Holy Spirit under persecution. And that gave him a powerful sense. God's at work here in this community. He's going to choose, that is, he's going to cause these people to be born again and so reveal that they are among God's chosen. And then he says, increasing the reason for why he knows that they are chosen, and you, not just we, but you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you accepted the word in much affliction. So they accepted the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. And then the effect was this, and we'll talk about that next time, so that you became an example. In other words, this was so authentic and so real and so powerful that the example of their receiving the word and being afflicted with joy in the Holy Spirit went out everywhere around Macedonia and Achaia. So, Father, as we try to understand this more and how this actually gives evidence of their election, speak to us now. Work in us this same amazing effect of the word in our lives, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me draw this for you. So the word comes to them. And here's you, you Thessalonians. The word comes to you. And the effect of that word is, one, you accept it. Two, you have joy in much affliction. So they accept the word joyfully, and that joy is so remarkable because this is clearly not a prosperity gospel, because the joy is not in prosperity, it's in affliction. The affliction went up when they became Christians. It didn't go down. And this that reality right there, Paul explains with the Holy Spirit. So when the word came to them, 
the Holy Spirit came down on them. The Holy Spirit caused the Word to have these effects. Their hearts and minds opened to it. They saw it as true and beautiful and a treasure. And therefore, they welcomed this word of gospel with joy and affliction didn't deter them. That's what we see here. Here's a remarkable parallel. Paul is writing to the Corinthians and he uses the Macedonians, that would be the Thessalonians as well as the Philippians, And he says, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. So this is the Thessalonians. What's this grace look like? For in a severe test of affliction, that's this right here, much affliction, their abundance of joy, that's this right here, with joy overflowed, and their extreme poverty overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. So you have abundant joy rising in the midst of affliction, in the midst of poverty. It overflows in enormous generosity of love. Where did it come from? It came from the grace of God. This is the grace of God, or you could say, this is the Holy Spirit. This is Paul right here. This is Paul describing this later on when he writes to the Corinthians. Now, the question to ask is, if this right here is how Paul knew they were chosen, namely, the word came, the word was accepted, it was accepted with joy, that joy was in affliction, And the only thing that can account for that, as Paul is watching it happen, is the power of the Holy Spirit, which causes him to have a strong conviction. These folks have been laid hold on by God as having been chosen before the foundation of the world. Now, there are two ways you can describe what's happening here. The power of the Word and the power of God in the new birth. Look at this. First, over in chapter 2, verse 13. We also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word, you accepted it. When you received the word which you heard from us, you accepted it. That's the same word as back here. You accepted it. I put the Greek there so that you could see it's the same word, same stem here as it is here. You accepted it not as the word of men, This is the miracle. They heard the word of men, but they didn't hear it as the word of men, but as it really is the word of God, which is at work. It is at work in you believers. So there's the first way of describing what's happening. The word of God is powerful. It's at work. Here's the way Hebrews says it. The word of God is living, active, sharp, sharper than a two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So one way to describe what is happening here when they accepted the word as the word of God in affliction with joy, 
is that the word itself is powerful and penetrates to the heart. We should not be ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. Here's the second way to describe it. Acts 16.14 One who heard us was a woman, he's sharing the gospel in Philippi, was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to give heed to what was said by Paul. So what is said has power. But that power works in tandem with the Lord opening the heart. Here's the way Peter puts it. You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. So the Word of God is preached, and new birth happens from the Spirit. Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. That's the word of the uh, Spirit of God, sowing the seed through the Word of God. And here's the way James puts it. Of his own will, God's own will, he brought us forth, caused us to be born again, like, like a new baby, brought us forth by the Word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits to his creatures. So, new birth through the truth, born again through the Word of God. Heart opened to give heed to what was said by Paul by the Lord. So here we have the reason for why Paul knows that they've been chosen by God. Namely, they accepted the Word as the Word of God, 2.13. They accepted it with joy. That joy is not superficial or temporary, but rather is rising and strengthened in much affliction and suffering. If your suffering is making your joy disappear, beware. You may not be among the chosen. I mean, that's the warning of Jesus in the parable of the the four soils, right? They received it in joy, with joy, and it grew up. And then when the sun came out and beat down under, the joy went away. And that soil wasn't real. If our joy in Jesus is dependent on not having affliction, then that joy is not the joy of the Holy Spirit. It was some temporary carnal joy. This is crucial not just to see how Paul knows that they are elect, but how we know we are elect.